Welcome to the heart of the Big Bend. It's time to kick back, put your feet up, grab your favorite beverage or snack as we discuss, declare, proclaim, publicize, and articulate about the wonders, magic, beauty, music, and happenings here in the area known as the Big Bend of Texas. Hello, everyone. Welcome, and thank you for joining us again, our heart of the Big Bend. This is a podcast and radio show every other week about visiting the beautiful Big Bend of Texas. Specifically, we will cover what's happening in Alpine, an incredibly friendly small town nestled in a desert mountain valley at the heart of the Big Bend region. With easy day trips from Alpine, you can take in everything this amazing region has to offer. I'm Chris Ruggia, Director of Tourism for the City of Alpine, and today we welcome again our visitor center extraordinaire hostess, Heather Yaden. Hi, Heather. Hello. Good to see you again. And uh, and we have a very special guest, also Mary Bones, the director of the Museum of the Big Bend. Hi, Mary. Hi, Chris. Hi, Heather. Thank you so very much for having me on today. Yeah, well, I think Heather can attest that uh, all of our visitors go to the Museum of the Big Bend, almost every single one. We certainly send them all there, and we hear nothing but good responses from the folks who have been there. Uh, Heather, what's your take on on the museum from the visitor perspective? Absolutely. It is by far the number one thing that everyone asks me about. They want to know how to get there. They want to know um, everything about, uh, you know, cost to get in. Um, what's it going to have for kids? They ask um, all these questions because they've heard nothing but wonderful things about it. And then if people have already been and come to see me afterwards, they are simply blown away by the um, caliber of museum. They're not, they're pleasantly surprised to find it out <laughs> here in the middle of nowhere. Um, and yeah, absolutely. It's our, it's our gym. It's definitely um, something that brings people here and teaches them so much about the area. I always tell them that if they haven't gone there when they come to talk to me, I said, they make me look like a fool about the area. Go talk to them. They know everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The yeah, you know, one thing you mentioned is that when you think of a small town museum, uh, these are special institutions, but often they'll be uh, in a home or something like that. It, it, it'll be a sort of an in, almost an informal collection of objects from the history of this little town. But the museum of the big Bend is a first class institution. It's a real museum and a lot of, time and effort and love and labor has went into developing it to uh, to what it is today. And so, so Mary, uh, for folks who are just coming into Alpine, where is the Museum of the Big Bend? So the Museum of the Big Bend is located on the campus of Salwa State University at entrance number four. I see. And so yeah, that you'll take Avenue B, I think, up for uh, entrance four, up into the university, and then... Uh, and you can park either by the university center or behind the museum. And the entrance is through the gift shop now. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Uh, yeah, it uh, used to be uh, we'd go up the, the big steps out front, but then since COVID, so everything's switched around a little. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, museum, uh, Mary, is there, a, uh, is there a fee to enter the museum? Uh, yes, there is an admission fee. It's $5 for adults, uh, children, uh, young explorers under the age of 12 are free. And if you're a member um, or you're a current um, uh, SRSU faculty, staff, or student, you're also invited in for free. Great. Yeah, and I've heard uh, 
really uh, nice comments from folks about the uh, inexpensive admission rate for such a such a quality museum. Yes, the the fee is nominal and worth every penny for their experience. Um, definitely, everyone is more than happy to um, incur that small cost because it is very. I, I went to College of Chicago where museums are a fortune, so it's <laughs> yeah. it's amazingly priced. Um, again, for the education that you're getting. Um, yeah, and I think that uh, people can find it easily because you have a beautiful building, um, which is uh, very distinct and stands out at the university. So, what's the history? How did you get to there? Oh, okay, that's a wonderful lead-in. So, Heather and Chris, uh, the Museum of the Big Bend, its genesis was uh, almost a century ago in 1920, when uh, Victor J. Smith and Roy Betacek, um, who were integral in the Texas uh, UIL as well as with Mr. Smith, um, Sol Ross State University, they were out hiking in Sunny Glen and they found an arrowhead and they brought it back and they put it on the shelf of the biology department. Uh, in the one building that made up the whole university. And uh, from that little found object, um, the West Texas Historical and Scientific Society was formed. And it was this group of folks felt very strongly about they needed a place. They were already donating objects to the university. And these these pieces were being put on display kind of throughout um, the many buildings as, as Sol Ross grew. And eventually they, they just outgrew the space. And so... Um, during the 1930s, uh, we were getting ready to celebrate the Texas Centennial in 1936, and this small group of folks um, wrote a grant, a proposal to the Texas Centennial uh, Commission, uh, the department that um, was looking at uh, funding for memorial museums throughout the state of Texas. Uh-huh. And um, they pro- sent their proposal along with, I'm sure, many other small communities as well as major cities. And we were really fortunate for those guys who remember uh, Mr. Texas, J. Frank Doby, he sat on that commission. And um, what was important about having Mr. Doby on that particular commission is one of his first teaching assignments when he graduated from Georgetown University, he came out here to, to Alpine and taught in the high My school. Goodness. And because of his wonderful experience, he was only out here for a year, Mr. Doby fought and argued and was successful in uh, the West Texas Historical and Scientific Society receiving a grant um, to help build a building. We also received funding from the federal government. And so in, I think it was May 1st of 1937, that building, which was the Big Bend Memorial Museum, was uh, dedicated and open to the public. And um, it has done an outstanding job. As many of our viewers, our listeners know, uh, the museum did kind of move around. Our, our, our uh, museum building was converted into a student union building in the 1960s, but right. quickly reopened in the old underground bowling alley that used to <laughs> I face. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And, and everybody has fond memories. I know my sons ran up and down the ramp that went from the welcome kiosk down into the exhibits, and they did a wonderful job. And then eventually we moved to Lawrence Hall, that um, underground bowling alley, as you can imagine, had did have water issues. <laughs> and we moved to Lawrence Hall. And then in 2000, after the university uh, center was completed, um, um, you know, the old museum building had been used for storage um, as other buildings were being updated and remodeled. And um, thanks to uh, Pete Gallego, 
and um, uh, Dr. Arvik Morgan and Larry Francel, uh, they all put their heads together to preserve the old museum building. It was on the demo block. And oh, really? Yeah, because our museum is really unique. It's It was built out of native stone. Um, it's not the beautiful, keeping with the overall aesthetics of the campus with that wonderful kind of Georgian red brick um, design yeah, and yeah, buildings. Yeah. And so it, you know, it was WPA workers, Conservation Corps workers, even students at Sol Ross helped build and design the uh, Museum of the Big Bend. And so um, it was on the demo. And uh, thanks to these gentlemen, um, we were given the okay to fundraise uh, to renovate and restore the mu- classic Museum of the Big Bend. And that $3.2 million capital campaign came to fruition. And in 2007, um, the rededicated Museum of the Big Bend opened to the public. And that what a what a gift that was that that effort was to campus and to the town and the whole Big Bend community. I mean, just visually, you pointed out that uh, much of Soros campus, which is a gorgeous campus up on Hancock Hill, it's very consistent visually. You know, you've got the the red brick buildings with the white columns, and the museum then is a unique. Uh, different look you know with the native stone and the the uh dramatic staircase up to the the three arches on on the facade of the building uh it's really wonderful that you were able to uh to save it and and really improve it because uh going into the building uh well one thing that's really striking while we're talking about architecture is the ceiling the the main room in the in the permanent exhibit area is uh has got a a very a large space that's been broken up into uh smaller uh, exhibit areas that you walk through in the one large room but when we look up what are we seeing in that ceiling mary so what you're seeing is a really um interesting architectural feature of the museum and design it's called a lamella arch roof and um it was widely used you would see it like in gymnasiums um airplane hangers um it kind of fell out of favor uh, especially during World War II. It was, um, as I understand, this was a design by a German, and of course, um, we kind of got away from using that particular design. But as I understand yeah. it, it's one of the few remaining really large lamella arch roofs, um, in at least in Texas, maybe in the country. And it was because of that particular roof design um, that was uh, part of why the Museum of the Big Bend really got that capital king campaign kicked off. Uh, ah. Emmett McCoy, we all know McCoy Building Supplies. Mr. McCoy, um, uh, back in the 50s when he returned from serving uh, in the military after the Korean War, his dad had a roofing business down in Corpus Christi. And one of the huh. one of the buildings that Mr. Uh, McCoy re-roofed was a lamella arched roof, and he really loved that design. And oh, so, yeah. yeah, so he came out and he went up uh, a series of ladders, and he disappeared uh, through the uh, false <laughs> ceiling. I was like, oh, my God. And then he came back down. Um, he went went back home to San Marcos, and a week later, in a just a regular white business envelope with a you know, first-class postage stamp, came to the Museum of the Big Bend, and inside was a million dollars. And that oh my God. really... Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were stunned, stunned. And the McCoys have continued. They continued to help support us through that whole renovation and restoration. And um, they are such wonderful friends to the Museum of the Big Bend and Sol Ross State University and Texas State University system. We're really lucky to have that quality of friendship um, 
taking helping us all out. Yeah, and well, and the results too. When you go into the space, it's such a beautiful, uh, almost a lattice work of uh, of wood uh, struts and things that that are visible now in the room. And uh, and one other thing that's really striking when you look up, you see a giant dinosaur, which is sort of uh, the, one of the introductions to that permanent space. So one of the things that I've noticed that the museum has said, uh, you, you're, the museum calls itself the storyteller of, of the Big Bend area. So you, and the, the core of that is this, uh, uh, these upgraded and enhanced primary uh, exhibits that, that came with that initial reopening of the building. And, uh, and what should folks expect from the, the experience of going through, uh, going through the permanent exhibit? Oh, well, um, so our permanent exhibit has the name Big Ben Legacy. And what Big Ben Legacy tries to introduce, um, especially our visitors to, is a nice overall view of the Tri-County area. So um, Fort da- uh, Jeff Davis County, Brewster, as well as Presidio counties. And so we just um, introduce histories of that come out of each of those counties so people have kind of a better understanding of the the area that they're now uh, coming to and the rich deep history uh, going all the way from our dinosaur uh, ancestors like the Quetzalcoatlus Northropi, the uh, pterosaur that uh, hangs from uh, the ceiling of our museum, all the way up to um, current events. So what we want to do is introduce folks to our various areas in the Big Bend region so they'll have a little bit better understanding but not give them so much information that they're not going to go and explore this wonderful place. Give them a nice taste, Give them get them excited about why they're here, get them excited about where they're going to go and what they can see. So will you guys have, um, with with such a large, vast uh, amount of information you're covering, you have a very large vault that you share pieces out of all the time from the vault. And you guys show these amazing pieces from uh, history here in Alpine and the Big Bend area. Um, how do you guys uh, decide when something's going to come out of the vault and be on display? And I mean, you just have so much. How do you guys make the decision on what's going to be featured at that moment and um, where, where you know, is it time to put it back away and save it for another day? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I'm going to tell you, um, the Out of the Vault um, series that we post on Facebook, uh, the Museum of the Big Bend Facebook page, that is uh, curated by the a curator of collections and the Jan and, Dar- da- uh, Jan and Marty Davis map collection, Matt Walter. I do know um, that he does on Mondays post maps. Mm-hmm. So he'll go in and just go through that incredible Davis map collection and choose a map and then do the research and put that up. Fridays are reserved for um, out of the vaults uh, photographs. And he use- utilizes a lot of the W.D. Smithers collection. Uh, Smithers was huge in this area for photo documenting, um, good Lord, from down on the river all the way up to the construction of McDonald Observatory. Uh, Smithers um, pioneered uh, aviation photography. He was a really interesting, interesting man. And then Matt has other criteria for the following days. But he always makes sure that, you know, he highlights some really interesting, fun artifacts in the collection that because um, we're limited in space, uh, often those pieces uh, we don't have out on display. I know a lot of folks um, think that museums have all their collections out, and unfortunately um, we can't do that. But this is a way at least of getting uh, 
important artifacts and materials that folks, especially from this community, have donated to the museum and that we're so grateful to have. Yeah, that's a really nice way where uh, you guys, with your really active social media feed, you can you can open up those parts of your collection and, and have sort of a, a, an additional uh, suite of exhibits kind of every week. Exactly. So for those folks yeah. who maybe could not come out here, at least you can go either to, you know, be... Uh, uh, like our Facebook pages or um, log on to the Museum of the Big Ben website. And, um, yeah, you can kind of virtually tour. Or maybe you decide, oh, man, this place is just too cool. I think I'm going to hit the road and go check it out. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and it's so worth doing. I mean, the, the, some of those physical exhibits are really striking. There's the, the replica of the uh, tall rock shelter, uh, ancient rock art. There's a, a, a rebuilding of the window at the end of the window trail in Big Bend National Park. There's a, a replica of, a, of an old general store and of a, what a, a railroad car that just it, it just keeps on going through, uh, through the permanent collection and it tells uh, bits of lots of different stories from lots of different perspectives. And once you walk through that permanent exhibit, I often recommend, and I know Heather does too, that it, the Museum of the Big Bend is a great first stop for anyone who's coming to the area for the first time to really get an idea of what's here now, what was here in the past, and, and what are all the different kinds of people that have uh, came together to build this region into into what it is. Oh, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, and so in another, uh, besides from the permanent exhibit, you, uh, you also have, you mentioned the Yana and Marty Davis map collection, which always has a, 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 a temporary, you, know, you cycle out some to a few different maps downstairs. That's something that's always on display. Is that, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, that's, that's such a rich, deep uh, collection, and we are so uh, grateful to the Davises for uh, donating that wonderful collection to the Museum of the Big Bend and Sol Ross State University. And Mr. Davis was really passionate about um, having those maps out uh, on view to the public. But what he was more passionate about is having um, our Sol Ross State University students come in and utilize those maps. He often told a story about when he was um, undergraduate at, at SMU, he was able to go in the archives and hold original maps, and he said that experience holding history in your hand was um, a kind of a life-changing event for him. And so part of that collection, what he felt so strongly about, was that we would love to have more Sol Ross State University students coming in and utilizing that map collection and having that having that experience of really holding a map that was from the 1500s and realizing, mm -hmm. you know, you're in contact with history. Yeah, and, and any folks who are interested in history can contact the museum and, and arrange with, with Matt Walter, I believe, to uh, to explore some of this map collection. Is that right? Exactly. Uh, the Museum of the Big Bend, we do offer uh, tours. Uh, it's $10 a person, and not only will you get a tour with Matt Walter of uh, the Big Ben Legacy Exhibit, also our temporary exhibit, and then a private uh, viewing of uh, the map room. And we would love to have um, researchers, not only our Sol Ross State University, uh, University students, but also other researchers in the area that could um, help uh, utilize these maps uh, in their um, uh, works. And Wonderful. Go ahead, Heather. Besides the um, permanent collections, you guys are 
doing wonderful featured exhibits and you have um, just uh, wrapped up one and you have another one starting next week. Can you talk to us about what's coming up um, special for this summer? Oh, I'd love to. So the Museum of the Big Bend has partnered with the Texas Photographic Society and our show that opens next Friday, that's June 11th, um, is titled At Night. And um, the overall theme of this exhibit is working either at night or low light photography. So we have 50 images from photographers from across the nation as well as Germany. We have uh, Images that were shot in South Dakota, Missouri, Maryland, New York, California, Ohio. Uh, we have some local uh, photographers that also may had their works make the show because it is a juried exhibit. And I would Excellent. like to, uh, Stephen Hummel from Fort Davis, Texas, has a lovely piece in the exhibit, as well as Isaac Martinez from Odessa, Texas. So we oh, have... Exciting. These 50 juried images from a guy named Lance Keeming, who's part of a works with Fujifilm, and um, he was a juror for this show. But um, we also have another special exhibit. Uh, part of what we try to always do at the Museum of the Big Bend when we're putting together temporary exhibits is remember our mission statement. And in our mission statement, we are honoring and exhibiting and recognizing um, the Big Bend region. And so uh, Steve Goff, along with um, Michael Roach and Sherry, uh, worked with um, Big Bend Area High School students on doing nighttime low-light photography. So I think we have over a dozen images from high school students from Presidio, Terlingua, and um, Marfa. And they're really Exciting. beautiful. So we're just really excited to have this show. And we're also uh, partnering with the City of Alpine with your photo um, um, contest um, yes. on June the 12th, so that next, that Saturday after the opening, we're going to have a photography symposium. It'll be there at the Museum of the Big Bend from 10 a.m. to uh, 4 p.m. It'll be held in the education room. And we've got a great lineup, including James Evans will be coming to speak. We're going to have a roundtable uh, talk with uh, the other partners, including um, not only Texas Photographic Society, but uh, folks from McDonald Observatory, Big Bend Conservation Alliance, Globe at Night, and Texas Master Naturalists. And then um, a wonderful uh, roundtable discussion with other photographers about um, tips and tricks uh, for nighttime and low-light photography. Wonderful, wonderful. And so that's the, if folks can make it this weekend, that's only, that's, you know, only a... Uh... A few days away here, but uh, oh that's wait, a great. whoa, not you're, you're getting ahead, you're It'll, a week ahead of yourself, June 12th. So, 12th, oh, that's right, that's right, next yeah. weekend. Um, so yeah, you have a little time to get to get over to Alpine to take advantage of this great uh symposium, and also the show will be up until August, is that correct? September, I think September 4th, yeah, yeah, Here's September 4th, okay, yeah. great. So, uh, everybody mark your calendar and, and jump in the car for uh for june 12th for that symposium and then uh, keep an eye out for the exhibit all summer long uh, and one thing i wanted to to mention about the night focus uh, it's a uh, there's a lot of energy in the area right now about our night skies uh, which really all comes down to mcdonald observatory and the wonderful programming yeah. they offer but also the uh, the beautiful dark night skies that this region has to offer anybody who comes out for uh, stargazing and astronomy. 
Yes, and I think you can attest to it, Chris. We get wonderful night photography pictures every year in our annual photo contest. It's amazing right. what people capture when they come here to visit um, with the night skies and the uh, not many places where you could go and get a clear picture of the Milky Way. That's one of the ones that always blows people away, visitors, when they come um, to to be able to get those pictures and to just you feel so close to the stars here. I think that uh, that's an amazing experience. So for you guys to be able to offer that to everyone through the photography exhibit is going to be great. Yeah, and yeah, I think absolutely. the other nice thing about this show is um, maybe, you know, we, we get so used to just photographing during the day that you might want to look at this area from um, an evening or low light perspective. And so I think um, I think this opportunity for folks to kind of stretch uh, their, uh, their uh, thinking on when to photograph and um, go out and have some fun uh, photographing at night. Fantastic. And, you know, we, we haven't talked about your fall exhibit yet, which is a, a classic, The Trappings of Texas. But, you know, I think, Mary, that we'll do a we'll do a special podcast just about the trappings when, when we're getting a little closer to that, if that sounds good to you. Well, that would be fabulous. Thank you. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So I think that's about all the time we have today. But, uh, Mary, thank you so much for sharing so much background and info about the, this treasure that Alpine can share with uh, all of our visitors in the Museum of the Big Bend. Well, I just want to thank everyone, you, Heather, and Martin, for making this possible and giving me this opportunity to visit with our neighbors and friends. And we so appreciate everyone's support of what we do at the Museum of the Big Bend. We are very grateful for everyone. Well, and Chris, I would remind everyone, we talk about a lot during the uh, show and uh if they want to actually see more information and, and find out more, um, they can always visit the museum website, museumofthebigbend.com. You can get there also through our website, visitalpinetx.com. Follow us both on Facebook. We talked a little bit about social media, but yeah. that's where we will provide um, lots of information about all the upcoming shows. Um, we will uh, provide the information as well as the museum to, to uh, give people the information they need to know so they can come out here and experience this. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Heather. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's what the time we have. Thank you all so much for joining us again on Heart of the Big Bend. Uh, you can find this podcast if you search Heart of the Big Bend Alpine TX on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, most other podcast apps. And as Heather said, we have uh, a lot of information for you at visitalpinetx.com. Thanks, everyone, and have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you in two weeks. You've been listening to The Heart of the Big Bend. Hope you liked what you heard and that you'll find the time to experience all that the Big Bend has to offer. See you soon, partner.